Hello and welcome to another episode of Football Revisited. The usual gang is here with me this evening. Mr. Burke, Mr. Sims and Mr. Bowen is back to full fitness after missing last week. But once we all come to this week's spot in a positive frame of mind, I hope, after a Gareth Bale masterclass against Burnley and Liverpool getting back to winning ways after a poor run. Am I correct in that assessment? Is everyone happy after the weekend's action? No. <laughs> Fair enough. Happy's a stretch. Content. Yeah, I'm good. I'll, I'll bring the positivity for once. All good. <laughs> no, actually, to be fair, Saturday before the game, uh, day before the game, I watched. I think I told a couple of you. I watched uh, Klopp's press conference from when he initially took over, and yeah, that made me feel good. And then the fact we won the next day means we're back. So here we go. Right, we've um, we've got a few things to get through this evening. So I think we're going to start with Man City. Um, they beat West Ham 2-1 on the weekend. That made them 20 wins on the bounce, which is an incredible feat. Um, they only need another six games to tie Ajax's 71-72 season record. Obviously, need seven to break it. Burke, I'll come to you first. Can they do it? And before you answer, I'll give you the seven fixtures they've got coming up next. Okay. So, they've got four Premier League games next. They've got Wolves at home, Man United at home, Southampton at home, Fulham away. Then they got Champions League in Gladbach at home. Then they got an FA Cup game away at Everton. And then finishing off away at Leicester. So, given those fixtures, can they do it? I think even if you'd have named Bayern Munich seven times, I'd say yes. Because I think they're close to being impossible to stop right now. Um, but... I've said that many times about many teams and they've just gone and lost and they're on in an hour's time and we'll see them lose to Wolves now. Um, <laughs> but I think they can do it. They've definitely got quality and depth to do it. And it's hard to see teams stop them. But I wouldn't say it's an impossible job, but it's close to... It looks to be close to impossible. Yeah. Same as you, I think you put in the chat the other day about Man City's squad size and the depth. So same question to you, do you think? Given that squad size, they'll do it? I think Man City's squad is almost as impressive as your research work ever. So I'm really impressed with that. <laughs> Fair play to you. No problem. Big up for that. Appreciate your work, <laughs> brother. But um, with the uh, oh no, Man City squad is ridiculous. I mean, to be, I they've got any injuries more. They only got Nathan Ake out. So in fairness to them, I mean, most squads look great when they're fully fit. But you, you look at the bench. Uh, I mean, the game I I said it to you was the first leg of the Champions League uh, last 16. And they played Arsenal the week before, well, in the mid, in, on the weekend before, so three days before that. And I think they brought into their team about £210 million of the players. And that was after beating a good team away from home in the Premier League. And then you're bringing into a big European game. So really, nobody should touch them, to be quite honest. Hmm. No, I completely agree. Rob, any thoughts? Do you think they'll do it? Well, yeah, I think they will. What's most impressive is that they've uh, they've gone on these run of results and they haven't really had a consistent striker. Obviously, Aguero's had his injuries and Jesus isn't playing a single game and they're kind of mixing and matching, you know, different players up top and, you know, the amount of rotation um, is wild. I, I, I do find it hard to praise Man City at times when, team can spend 200 million on full backs every two or three seasons it does you know it does feel a feel a bit wrong but it's you know that's the way they are they're gonna break records and they are playing great football 
what's to do in it. Yeah, I, I get that point, but I, I would come to that by saying it's all right to have the money, but then you've got to spend it wisely and correctly and then improve the player. Look at Joe Cancelo. He's turned into one of the best fullbacks in the world. Where well, I think you could also say, look at Benjamin Mendy. I think you throw yeah. enough money out there, you're going to make mistakes and yeah. some of them are going to be good players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of strikers, obviously, like you said, they, they've done fine, it seems, without a recognised number nine. Obviously, Jesus has come in and, you know, I don't think he's quite up to the Aguero standard. Is that the only position on the pitch do you think Man City may go and spend? But I think we're talking big money, but is there anyone that jumps out do you think Man City Full should pursue? Left back, maybe. It's, uh, it, apart if apart they want to stop rotation, but rotation seems to work. Um, no, I think midfield midfield is unreal. Well, the amount of rotation when they've got gun to gun. Who came in when De Bruyne was out and just you know got player of the month and was just putting in insane performances? Uh, no striker probably I would think, be the only. Sorry, Rob. Yeah, I, I actually think they might. They're probably going to have to. Although the midfield is brilliant, I think they probably need another a holding midfielder. Yeah. You know, if you're looking to make a whole, you know, a complete squad, isn't it? Because Fernandinho will retire or he'll leave at the end of the season. So then you'll have that little hole to fill. But, I mean, if that's your biggest worry, then go on, you're in a good place. Yeah, if you're keeping the ball 70% of the time in the game anyway, having not the best left-back or best defensive midfielder isn't the biggest concern because you don't need them to win the ball back as much as any other team in the league need it. I think striker would be the priority for them. And, um, yeah, they could get anyone. Yeah, I, I think that I think that was the time to go out and buy. You know, obviously Eric Haaland's the one people are talking about. Someone of that quality, just because you don't. Need to um, I mean, I'm looking at their squad now right, for tonight's game. So their bench tonight is the American keeper, John Stones, Gundogan, Aguero, Zinchenko, Ferran Torres, Phil Foden, Fernandinho, and Garcia. So obviously Fernandinho and Garcia are going in the summer. But then you've still got Phil Foden, who you could you could make a claim is one of the best players in the Premier League over the last six months, just on the bench. Just why not? I know. You know what I mean, you've got Gundogan, who scored like 10 goals in his last 12 or whatever he's doing. You've got Ferran Torres, who they spent £40 million on in the summer. John Stones, they spent £50 million on. And then they got their record goals for in Aguero. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. you just you just cannot compete. Like I haven't even looked at the Wolves team, but I can guarantee all of those would walk into the Wolves team, and that's nothing against Wolves because they would walk into, I would say, at least half, if not more. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say more. Yeah. Three quarters, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Uh, probably higher. I'd, I'd say more. Yeah. 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 So, you know, mm-hmm. to to be honest, I think it kind of. I I don't know. I don't know if I don't want to say that I I don't. I think Man City play better, which sounds stupid because they've won 20 in a row. But I think over the last three years, they have played better, especially that 17 18. And then the year that they had 100 points, where well, they're 99, where well, they and Liverpool went back and forth. That was impressive. For me, no. I've just seen them now. I don't think they particularly play well, but I don't think anyone's playing well. So that's kind of my point. Yeah. But I think, though, as two or three years ago, they were just playing football. I was like, wow. This is just breathtaking, whereas no, they're just proper efficient. They just get the job done. 
win two nil year, one nil year, two one there, and they've never looked like they're going to lose with you. So, yeah, have you seen that they've had a fallout with Opta. Yeah, that funny enough when I was looking at these stats, I saw that there's this yeah. weird thing with Opta. Now they don't count penalty shooter wins. Yeah, so Man City have actually beaten this record. Yeah. By Man City, think they already have like two, three years ago, but um, Opta are not willing to accept this. Yeah, why do we stand on that? Does everyone think? I think I I think Man City made a great point because I read into it. Basically, their main argument to Opta was if you win a penalty shootout in the final, you are classed as the winner. Yeah. So why not if it's in the third round of the FA Cup or whenever it was? I think if you win on penalty shootouts, as long as it's a competitive game, I think yeah, you win. Yeah, I don't see the point of having penalty shootouts if you're not going to class as a win. You yeah. may as well have a draw. And now they're clear. Whatever, because, yeah. It seems a bit silly from Opta, but I trust their stats most of the time, but it just seems a bit. Plus, I think if they change, Skybet will start paying out on penalty shootout win, which <laughs> does cost me a lot. Yeah, true. Um, my last point on Man City, because I'll come to the same as first, because you're kind of suggesting that you don't think this team is as good as maybe two years ago, which is a fair point. To cement themselves as a special team, because obviously this run is is amazing. Is it paramount they have to win? Do they have to win the Champions League? It's a non-negotiable. They have to be Champions League winners at the end of the season to cement yeah. themselves and possibly cement the last decade of work and success they've had. I don't necessarily think it's imperative for this team to win the Champions League. You know, because they can. This team is is going to win the Premier League, and they're going to win it quite handily as well. So they can they claim to yeah we are a great team, and I got no issue with that. Because as much as I say that I, I I'm not like overly impressed with them, they're still winning games. So for that, like I don't want it to come across like I'm thinking that they're rubbish. They're clearly not. It's just I think they've been better. But for me, I think Man City as a club have to win the Champions League until they win the Champions League. Man City as a club will always be looking in I think that's what I find and I think it's a massive chip on their shoulder yeah I agree I think if you look at it it's quite it's surprising and it's not surprising that they haven't won already and I think it just shows how much experience you need first in the Champions League year in year out to actually win I think it's easier to go let's throw half a billion on the team and expect them to win Champions League because it's not just that I don't yeah, know. I, I, I'm surprised they haven't won it. I'm, I, yeah. I'm not. Because I think, like, the, in terms of compared squad to squad, they've got a lot more experience than Liverpool in mm. Champions League over the last five, ten years in terms of playing their season in, season out. And Liverpool, two finals. Spurs got to the final, beat them on the way. I think um, and Pep has won it, the Barca, been yeah, far with Bayern. So I think there is the experience, enough experience there to, for it not to be a problem. Um, but I think Pep has been the victim of that over the last few years. It's been his fault where he's maybe tried to be too clever in the latter stages. I, I find it really interesting. Uh, in a way, I, you could argue that it shows how difficult it is to win one Champions League. Fergie was in it for years and years and years, decades, and he won two. I think, is it 2008 and 99? I think he only won two of them. I can't think yeah. of any other one he won. Now, granted, he lost a few finals, but he didn't lose. You know, it wasn't like he, they, were put, they were there every couple of years. And, you know, the Fergie's team absolutely dominated England, dominated it for years. Yeah. So, you know, like, this is where I fall down then with this whole, like, people saying, oh, like, Liverpool were a special team. 
Of course they were. They got the Champions League final. Like teams just don't get there every day. Man City yeah. proven it. You know, it, it just doesn't happen unless you are a very good football team. And all along the way, you need a bit of luck. But you also need to be able to, in those big moments, deliver. And that is probably Man City's biggest problem. You know, they've steamrolled the FA Cup. They win like 5-0 in the final. But, you know, I think of the games they've lost to Liverpool in the Champions League. They've gone on, they, oh, they've, they haven't just gone out. They've been battered. Yeah. yeah, I look back at the Spurs game they lost. I mean, they shouldn't have lost that game, you know, a couple mm-hmm. of seasons ago. Do you remember yeah. the Monaco one? Like, yeah. Grant did know. Yeah. In hindsight, no, and Monaco actually a pretty handy team in hindsight. Cause, but at the time, I mean, there's no way they shouldn't be losing the Monaco. No way. Or for two legs, especially. Was it, it was Leon, Leon last year? Leon yeah. last year, yeah. yeah. I look at them, and, yeah. But no, I remember the Spurs Man City one because uh, Liverpool won the same night, I believe. Same we watched Liverpool, Liverpool, yeah. And we watched Liverpool, and then I think it got to half time and we had to switch over because Liverpool were through, I think, and it was all kicking off and it was brilliant. And then the last minute drama with Sterling scoring and it being disallowed, everyone's on their knees or. I'm going to watch it again tonight. <laughs> I don't know if enjoyment is the right word, but yeah, <laughs> it was unforgettable evening. Certainly for the Spurs fan. Um, yeah, let's let's watch the Spurs and see see how many wins they get. Typical, they'll probably lose tight now after we've just talked about it. Um, right, Burke's favourite subject. I think we kind of have to speak about it. So the Lee Mason incident. Oh. Um, I know. I don't think we actually need to talk about what happened on the pitch because I think we all know and accept it was the wrong decision, so that's fine. I'm coming more of an angle of, obviously what happened afterwards, he had a calf injury, apparently it's legit, you know, he pulled up towards the end of the game. I don't get how you can't then sit in a VAR box and referee from that position sitting down if you've got injury. It was fourth official, he was meant to be, yeah. Um, but oh, okay, yeah. Well, still, he's just standing there holding the board. Yeah, taking notes, so I don't really see the problem. Um, how how do you think it's specifically from the PGML PGMOL point of view? Because it seems a bit of a copper what they've done. Oh, he's injured. We're going to drop him after a major incident again from him, as you've quite rightly pointed out. Do you think it makes him look bad, or does it just add to the mystique and the secrecy surrounding the football in general? Uh, I. I do think it's not just injury-based. I do yeah. think it is performance-based, and I don't see if that is the case, why they can't. We called it last week, just transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, I, f- I feel it's a bit like, oh, we'll just say you're injured, you'll have a couple of weeks off, get away from the spotlight, and we'll bring you back in a nice mid-table clash in two weeks' time that no one will be watching. That's how I think it'll go. Um, and, yeah, I don't see why... Like, and it's not just Lee Mason, it's not like a isolated incident. A lot of times where refs have had awful games, yeah. PGMOL can't just come out and just say, look, he messed, like David Coote style season, I don't think he had one good game in his opening 10. I think, why can't they just come out and go, look, he's done bad, we're going to demote him championship for a month. As long as he does well, he'll come up and have another go. I don't see why they get protected so much. Yeah. Rob, what do you think? Sorry, I was on mute then. Uh, I wish I wish he had the balls to come out and say that he made a mistake. Uh, 
we obviously saw the rugby this weekend. The referee has come out and clearly admitted he's made a mistake. Uh, okay, he's done that. That that's that's a lot better than the PGMOL kind of just protecting these refs. Okay, the injury does is legit whatsoever. Yeah, just come out and say, yeah, I've made a mistake. You're human. You make mistakes. It's better to come out and admit it rather than just to continue on and just have this on your record constantly going forward. It's it's just absolutely stupid. Uh, I feel for <clears throat> I feel for Brighton. I know they had two pens that they didn't uh, they didn't manage to convert. But I, I I'm bored of referees. I, I wish there was a robot on a pitch, mm-hmm. something that was just more accurate and something that the players could nut in frustration. <laughs> just, it's, Big Dwelly Mason. Yeah, it's just not it's not fun to watch. It's yeah. Sims. Uh, I tell you what, I've never seen it before, but it's it's quite an achievement to be able to be to make an argument for VR and against VR all in one three minutes video. <laughs> like the guy is literally he's made the argument for VR in terms of just showing and highlighting how inept officials are on their own, while also showing, with VAR, how inept officials become because they, they rely on VAR. Like, literally, I think at one stage, VAR was, like, checking if he'd whistle. He's, lit- he's asking VAR, did I whistle? <laughs> I'm like, what on earth is going on here? Like, we are now using technology to ask a guy, did, when did I whistle? <laughs> and, yeah. and the thing is, like... It was like two weeks ago that the referees' union was trying to say, like, oh, a player should clap them onto a pitch. Yeah. Like, what? Like, mate, yeah. like, like where they're all on, all those players are on a pitch. They're getting paid really good money, granted, but they're all doing their job. That is their job. They play, they play football, they're good at it. Like, mate, that's your job. You, you, like, I'm not expecting you to score 30 yard. I'm not expecting you to slide in. <laughs> your job is to just do that part of the, you stand there, you run the around, and you blow the whistle when it's needed. And then you go home. Yeah. So, like this idea that like you can't go, off, you can't talk about when they're wrong, and they can't come out and admit they're wrong. Well, of course they can. Yeah. Yeah. Like they won't get any more threats or any more abuse for coming out and saying, "Oh yeah, do you know what? I got that one badly wrong." Yeah, sorry. exactly. Yeah. They again, and what the one that stub, uh, like similar vein actually, but like it felt like a cover up. Was do you remember the Man City Villa game where he was like twenty, thirty yards offside? John Moss, I think, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, John Moss. But then PGMOL came out after the game and went, oh, actually, technically, it was the right decision, but what we'll do now is we'll clarify it so it doesn't happen again. Well, yeah. if it's the right decision, why can't it happen again? Like, yeah. it just felt all wrong. The fact that they said, oh, we'll make sure it doesn't happen again implies it was a mistake. Say yeah. it. Say it was a mistake. Because yeah. oh, it, it winds me up, just the cover-up and... The, yeah, the rule can't be right. The rule can't be right, but yet you're going to change it. Yeah. Well, the rule's not right then, is it? That's why you're changing it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what stood by me. Uh, stood by me. I find this interesting because this type of thing, like, is never spoken about in, from the referees himself. So, take Lee Mason. He's had a terrible game. Fine. So, what happens is they have a, a review, somebody updates, and it's called a merit table. So, they're given a password on a login. They log into this merit table. And then it's updated weekly, and they can see then where they rank. I don't know how many referees are on it, say say twenty, 
So Lee Mason's going to be 20th. And then that decides then who's doing the top of the table clashes, top four clashes, you know, relegation battle, six pointers. And I mean, why can't why can't the public see that sort of information? Or why can't they give that to broadcasters, which then can relay to the viewer who's watching at home going, well, this is why Lee Mason's not here. I know, I know we know he's because he's played he's refereed shit. Like it's, again, it just comes back to this whole transparency thing. It's just this is so much secrecy under Mike Riley. And I, there's just no need for it. There's absolutely no need for it. And like I could say that they would get so much more respect. If just little things like that, they would be mic'd up, talking after the press, like all players have to do, all the managers have to do. So, yeah. I, I have one question about that merit table is who marks it? Because if it's David Coote setting up, then I'm not trusting <laughs> that merit table. Like, if Craig Pawson is using who's done well, no, I'm not having it. It would be a dangerous thing to bet on. Yeah. Yeah. I assume is, it's Mike Riley, but yeah, yeah. what I don't get, uh, sure. So you know these are these are refs, and but they're they're people. They know when they've had a bad game, just like a player knows when they've had a bad game. Mm. Like I got no doubt. And the thing is, you look at Lee Mason in that moment; he knows it. Like I, in a way, I actually I don't often feel sorry for them when they get it wrong because I think, but you can see he is literally dying. He he just wants the groan to swallow him up because they're not. You know, he knows he's made a mistake, and he knows no. He, like he doesn't know how to get out of it, so that's why then you have this complete like shambolic chain of events where like he gives it, then he doesn't, and then it's like, what am I going to do now? Then VR, but you think, right, mate, you know you've had a bad game. He sat down now, he's logged in, and he, and no doubt he has to analyse his performance. Probably has to write some report. I mean, Burke, you had to write a report, didn't you? When you're effing, yeah, I did. So he's written a report now. Just just come out and say, you know. Just let him come out and say, like, I wonder, like, is it the fact that the refs aren't, like, are they being told, no, you're not allowed to break rank? 100%. Just come yeah. out and say, like, oh, yeah, you know what, I, in hindsight, this decision was wrong. Um, and so, you know, this this can't happen again now. Because if it continues to happen, well, then clearly you're not fit for purpose. So then you cannot be a referee. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not that hard. Honestly, they're like a cult. Like, they're, yeah. they're, I have never heard a referee... Bad mouth and Peter Water. I never heard him have a go at another referee. No, it's just it's. I I don't get why there is just not just go mate. That was wrong, Lee. You messed up, mate. You know you did. You're bottom of the table this week. You're in refereeing this week, or maybe even next week. Yeah. Take it on the chin. Go back, train as players do when they have a bad game. They get dropped. They go away and train, work hard, and then come back. But yeah. Sorry, one last thing. The thing, the thing that really gets me. The worst thing I think I hear people say is, "Yeah, but without you know, if if you're gonna if you're gonna subject them to interviews after a game, or if you're gonna subject referees to, to come out and have to explain themselves, then you know they're not gonna want to do it." Great, fine. Because you know, guess what? They will never be. Uh, they'll never not be enough pro referees. And the moment you start drying up, that's all you need to do is chuck a bit of extra cash in the world, and people will train to do it. Yeah. Because if you're not fit for purpose. You shouldn't be there. You shouldn't yeah. like. It's not like for me. I look like even looking at them. Like <laughs> you, you watch that Kai Neville and Tariga thing where they did the rest of one. The fitness test looked unbelievably hard. Yeah. I was John Moss passing that. <laughs> Mate, I run. That, I run ten k the thing. weekend, and I wake up next morning, and I'm like, oof, calves a bit yeah. tight here. He's running fourteen k twice a week, and yeah. he looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I think I was telling Burkis on the weekend. I think there's stats to show they're the they're. The most unfit referees in Europe, which for which the Premier League is considered the best, has the most money, the most viewership. One of the quickest. 
one of the quickest, and yet your referees are the poorest out of, you know, referees, no offence, in places like the Polish League or places like that, where obviously the, the standard isn't the same. So... I would question that, though, because I question it when you brought that. Like, is it because they're actually better referees, so position-wise they're running less? Because I would expect, like, the education side of it to be better because of the money involved in the Premier League. So I would say, because the, the amount of, like, in that Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher show where they went with the refs, you saw the how much they analysed their own performance. I would back the ref on that side of it in terms of positioning. Because I rarely see a game and go, I don't think he's close enough because it tends to be every weekend you see a decision and you hear the commentators go, well, the ref's got a great view with that. Why is he not giving it? Well, that's worse. They tend to always be, yeah, exactly. They're worse refs in terms of what they're seeing, but I've never really gone, "Mm, he's not caught up with player. They tend to be. He's on halfway. He's on the halfway. Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't say they're notably out of position. So the fitness side of it. Unless it's their mental fitness, and then that, that's they thought they're actually not given the right decisions because that mental yeah. side is gone. They, they work hand in hand today. The fitness yeah. are the better decisions. I, th- I think that's more of the point where it clearly these refs are just mentally tired and, and obviously physically tired. So, yeah. But, yeah. Is, we, look, you know, we have a go. I, we know it's a difficult job. Of course, it is. You know, like it is a difficult job, but. I think my point is there are many difficult jobs in the world, but people yeah. are qualified to do it, so you expect it to be done properly. Like, and it's what you sign up for. Exactly, not changed the last like, ten years. Uh, I'm going yeah. for, like I go on a Benita and but you've had your Benita. You know, it's a difficult job to do someone's knee an orthopedic surgeon. Doesn't mean I expect anybody to turn up to be like, oh, I've done a few courses. I'll have yeah. a go, mate. Then, look, if it doesn't go great, then don't worry. About it. Well, no, the guy knows what he's doing. He's trained for it, so he's going to do a good job. Well, they're they're in an elite field. Really, when you think about it, there's not many of them in the world. They're alone in this in the UK. So, and then you've got the different levels of them as well. So they are at the top level of what they do. Although, speaking of that, do you remember a few weeks ago we were talking about refs and I spoke about the Australian ref who was mic'd up and is yeah. a good Facebook video? I didn't know he's ref in, in the championship. Really? Yeah, he is. So he seemed good, like obviously a different pace, different style, but I'd love to see him in Prem. Give, give someone new a chance. Fresh now. Wow. It's like, yeah, that's another point. And it's like the boys' club. There's just you hardly ever see a new referee come into the group in the Premier League, you know. Or even like this is the perfect time to go. Lee Mason, well, he's injured now, so obviously you have to get someone in. But let's say he wasn't injured. Go right, you're out for a month. We're bringing in somebody who's doing really well in Championship. We're giving him a trial for a month. Let's see how he does. And if he's not good, then he goes back down. And you just have this, you know, promotion relegation system like they do in football. Bring that guy you squared up to the Ipswich Town uh, Alan Judge. I'd love it. Involved. Yeah, that's another discussion. The thing is, what I would say as well, I mean, I, I suppose we can just go and talk, but I know, like, the the, the Luke Shaw and all again, the social comments in the weekend. Like, for me, I can't believe the FA haven't sorted that. Like, I, yeah, like, this, like, like honestly, I, I and I read the quote, I thought, oh, that's just been taken out of context. There's no, all again, a social he's, He's, he's literally just said that, it, that he's basically completely called out the integrity of the referee. Yeah. And, like, that doesn't help officials. But my, what I don't get is Luke Shaw has just said, oh, he told, he said this. Unless you can back that up. Yeah. Because it's yeah. everywhere now. It's on, yeah. I was on BBC Sport earlier. It was and one of the main titles on there. This idea that, oh, yeah, but we retracted it hours later. Yeah, you might have retracted it. But the problem is, 
unless you're doing it live on national TV, like you actually made the first point, it's yeah. like they do when the, the Paul Dixon is, like they come out with a massive lie, and then mm. like page 10 of the Telegraph 10 days later has got like a tiny little box saying, sorry. Yeah. I, I think for that specifically, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Luke Shaw one. I think that's more stupidity than, I'm not bad. It might have happened, it might not have, but that is stupidity at its just finest. Bit of for Ollie, bitterness now. Yeah, just you know, they've they drew, you know, whatever. Yeah. But the Ollie one, I agree. Like pointing out Chelsea's website, saying basically saying the referee has read that and gone, "Why well, better not give a penalty today?" Because it's going to cause controversy, whatever. And yeah, just. Like I don't know, I I don't think it was a penalty at all. I don't think most, but I don't know what you guys think. But I don't think it was a penalty. But to come out and talk as if the referees had his absolute shocker, it was 100 percent a penalty. I can't believe he hasn't given it. Yeah, like stuff like that doesn't help. Like Ollie, you play football, you're a manager. Surely you know that is not a penalty. Like, it's never that level of decision. Like I what? I personally was watching. I thought it was going to be given, just because mm. of the nature of the handballs. Yeah. I don't think it should ever. That should ever be handball. But with the way the rules are, I think Kevin says, you just don't know this yeah. year. Uh, so I thought it was going to get given. But yeah, I, it's never a decision that deserves that level of um, controversy yeah. from Oli. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like we can go on forever. Let, let's, should we clap for the referees? Or, no, <laughs> should we leave it? Let's leave it. Honestly, yeah, that, that, that idea is, is laughable. It's laughable. It's it really laughable. is laughable. Like, just imagine towards the end of last season, Liverpool getting their guard of honour and Mike Dean just sneaking in the back of them. Like. <laughs> you know, like, you, you know, like yeah. they sort of say, you know, it's like, um, was it, respect is earned, isn't it? Yeah. If you're asking yeah. them to, you know, you're literally asking them, please, you know, respect us now by giving us a clap onto the pitch. Yeah. I, I can't believe, so they've actually floated that idea out there. I know. And two minutes into the game, you know Bruno Fernandes is just swearing in his face anyway. So yeah. what's the fact he's clapped them onto the pitch in the first place? That's not changing. Uh, it's I don't. literally just embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the refs. They must be cringing, going, "Oh, this is. We don't want to be clapped coming onto the pitch." Like, can you imagine uh, Mike Dean? Oh my word, genuine. Like you said, Mike, Mike Dean of but he'd have some mental strut going down there. Oh yeah, he'd have his old on top on, loving life, going mental. Tranmere. Uh, Tranmere. Sorry, Tranmere. Imagine me getting clapped onto the pitch. <laughs> in your Sunderland shirt. You deserve yeah, it. Son- <laughs> deserve it with a chip at in your hand. <laughs> Right, let's park the negativity around refs because they're just crap. Um, Sims, I'll come to you because you wanted to discuss this. Um, obviously, Arsenal on the weekend, surprisingly, I think some would say, beat Leicester away from home. Um, you wanted to bring it up? What were your big takeaways? Uh, I watched them Thursday night against Benfica where they they pulled it out to the bag in the end. I mean, I went to say they were 2 1 down. On the night they were going out, um, they were going to go out on away goals. As it, oh well, they were one down, then they were going to go to away goals. So they, Bukayo Saka to start off with is unbelievable. Saka, sorry, he's an unbelievable footballer. He is a proper footballer. Um, but then I think if you're an Arsenal fan, you can finally see some kind of pattern. I feel, and and at least you know where they're kind of going with it. So you've got Odegaard in there now. You've got Saka. You know Aubameyang now through the middle, um, and 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 you know as well that you know, you've got Kiratini a left back. He's there for the for the foreseeable. Mm-hmm. Whereas last year it just felt a bit like well you know they're just going to defend 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 and hope for the best. So I think you know as a fan you know you just need to get behind them now. If I was if I was Arsenal fan, I just think well this is where we are. 
yeah. and, and go with it. So I think it's a good week for them. And, and, you know, they're not that far away, really, in the Premier League. Um, I mean, I do think they probably fall off again because I just think that's where they're at mentally. They're not quite strong enough yet. But, but you know, there, there's definitely signs of encouragement there, in my opinion, with Arsenal. And if, you know, they should really be targeting the Europa League, I think. Yeah. I, I think if you look at that game in isolation, one, because me and Berg watched it, on the team sheet, it was basically their second team. Maybe not second team, but you know, a lot of first teamers out because of the Benfica game. And like you said, to go to Leicester away and win quite convincingly in the end. You know, the second half was a bit of a dud because they won the game. I think if you're an Arsenal fan, you're going, okay, yeah, I can start to see what's what Arteta is trying to do. The biggest thing I respect about Arteta is in January, they didn't really sign many, like obviously Altogether came in, but he was just so adamant to get rid of the shit out of the club. Mustafi went, Socrates went, uh, somebody else who went as well. Class match. Class match, yeah. The players I got to are just not good enough for Arsenal, let alone anyone else in the top 10 in the Premier League, to be quite honest. So, yeah, slowly but surely you can see he is doing something. Like you said, whether they can change their mentality and break the cycle that they've had for a while remains to be seen. But if you're an Arsenal fan, I think it's more positive than negative, I'd say. The I mean, they still got they got the same issue. That, the only thing I would say, and it's you know, contradictory to what I just said, but they've still got the same issues they've always had. Yeah. They're still weak at the back. They're still prone to errors. Um, and, you know, I think placing it on all on Saka, which I think they are at the moment, to be honest, because, yeah. you know, it's a big ask on him. And, you know, yeah. again, he's going to he's going to have um, he's going to have dips, isn't he? But I tell you what, he's a hell of a footballer. Yeah, he hell is. of a footballer. Definitely like, future. If I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm not excited until Arteta's out. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't see how any Arsenal fan can be excited. I, I'm with Burke here. I like. I think he's being carried by the fact Saka's picking up that team and just a few players are like Aubameyang's had a good. I don't know, two three weeks where he's scored plenty. I think he's being carried. They're still tenth in the league. I can't see them getting Europa League. Like Sim said, I expect them to drop off and. I think teams like West Ham and Villa are going to finish above them, and that's as damning as it can get. Mm-hmm. I, I know I slightly disagree in a way that I think Arsenal specific specifically are one club where time is needed because there are so many things embedded into the fabric of that club in terms of the culture, just the mentality from all those players. Like they've only just got rid of Ozil. That's why there's a club: Ozil, Mustafi, and Socrates. Like players like that, you can't. I'm not expecting them to obviously get top four or anything like that, but probably 10th is where they're at at the moment. And I think Arteta deserves a little bit of time just to go, okay, let me get all this crap out of the club. Let me bring in some of my own players and then judge him. I'm all for time, but with the right guy. And I I yet to see anything. What other manager would get more to that squad, really, realistically? I think if they'd have gone for Rodgers instead of Arteta when that time came, I think that would be an, an easy one. What, what a damning what? indictment, though, but that, you know, like, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I think you're right in what you said, but shows how far they fall. And that I think you said they're 10th at the moment, which is about where they're at. And they need, they're, yeah. they're gearing up. They're not like it used to be the Arsenal problem was they were gearing up to win a league and then they never would in the, yeah. in the back end of Wenger. They're now gearing up to just try and compete the top four. Yeah, and you look at teams like Liverpool, Man U, who have had these similar dips, 
they they've never been this bad. It was always kind of sixth, seventh, eighth a push. I'd say they were never. But I wouldn't say this bigger. is Arteta. I wouldn't say this is down to Arteta where they are right now. No, it's down to mismanagement. I, I, the, yeah. The, the, so, uh, uh, but I think as a big mismanagement in choosing who the manager is because Arteta is not the guy. I'm not saying he is, but you know, I, I think it's a bit premature to, you know, to to a Frank Lampard. If only yeah, it, I think Lampard's a perfect example. I mean, because there was the argument that that was premature, but it was clear to see he wasn't up to the job. And I think the same argument applies to Arteta. So why see out another year for the sake of it? Just get rid and get someone in who is the right guy to back long term. Yeah. We'll to to comment to comment on what you said, but about giving him time and bringing him bringing in Arteta guys. Who, who are those players for you? Because like unless he unless unless he wants this huge Spanish influence and he, he sees a lot in Spanish players or Spanish you know La Liga players, I I think they are just a failing club with him staying there. I couldn't tell you who who what type of players he's going to bring because there's no body of work to support anything that I would say to that question. So, mm. but this is what I mean he needs time because at the moment he's just dealing with a lot of crap, you know on the field, off the field. And I don't think I can sit here and say what his style is really going to be. What Ultra type of negative. Is. I can say that. Possibly. Football. Potentially. But that is a worry though, isn't it? The fact that we can't... What is he? Well, he must be a year and a half now, is it? But yeah. Over a year. And you can't. we can't pinpoint like what does, a, um, what does an Arteta team look like? Or what does an Arteta... How does he want to play? Because yeah, when I watch managers... game, I can't say right. Yeah. I know they're going to be doing this. Like Man City, you know they're going to be keeping the ball. Liverpool counter attacks quite direct. Arsenal, I watch and go. Sometimes they're playing short. Sometimes they're playing long. Yeah, but I think he's gone in there and gone. Let, let's just say he wants to play a bit of tiki taki football. You know, let's argument's sake, he wants to do that. He's gone into the dressing room and gone. There's probably not five players I could pick from this squad to play that sort of way. So I kind of respect him for going, right, I'm going to have to just play a different way. And what you're saying is really negative because that's the only way they can do it at the moment. And like I said, he's getting rid of all his crap now. And as that crap starts to go and you start getting some youngsters in, some better players, then hopefully you see a style develop. But I think Arsenal specifically are a unique situation, really, because there's just a lot of shit going on in that club. But yeah, we'll see where they go. Yeah, but I don't think the sign-ins point to a style of play either. Normally that kind of suggests something because I'm thinking Thomas Partey, that's yeah. just a, an anchor man. I would say he's a foot, like an actual yeah. like possession-based player or anything like that. It's just a guy in there to break up play. That's all he's there for, like energy. And then Louise wasn't his sign-in, was it? Or was it? He re-signed him, which is a worry. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. He chose to give him another year. <laughs> yeah, I think I said... Williams, Williams, <laughs> his sign-in. So I don't know. It, no, I can't pinpoint like the boy said what he's what signing he's going to do. And then when the fans come back in and watch that, yeah, I think as long as they're winning, they'll get away with it. But the second that stops, which will be very soon, I can't see the fans putting up with it. Yeah, no. Yeah, the fans will will play a big part. Um, just to touch on Leicester quickly. Uh, is history in itself? Are they? Probably through no fault of their own, but it just looks the way it's going. That 
maybe top four might slip away from them again, considering they've just lost one of their best attackers. One of their centre-backs is out. They've got a host of other injuries in key positions. Is it repeating itself, or do they do they could be okay? Um, I thought it would happen anyway, whether the players stayed fit or not. I, I think I called on the podcast for weeks ago that I can't see them um, cementing it because of they did it last. They messed up last year with Evan Fit, so now with injuries, I can't see them doing it. Yeah, I think the best thing that's happened to them was them going up to Europa in hindsight. Yeah, because if they were still having to play twice in Europe, and I know you could argue, oh, well, it might only be two two Thursdays, and they could get knocked on extra, but you know so the much. injuries are really piling up now, and you know they've still got a healthy lead, which is you know it's around. I think they over seven points on Liverpool, and same on Chelsea. Um, Obviously, Everton is the exact same. So they've still got a decent lead. But, you know, if you're Leicester, you're hoping that you can pick a few wins up quickly just to kind of get yourself back on the horse because you do not want to be going into the last month and a half of the season having been dragged back into the back that you would you should never have got no business being in, to be honest, where they were up to now. Yeah. I think I said last week I was 80% confident they would get top four, whereas now... I think it's a flip of a coin considering the injuries they've had. Hammer I mean, of the worst time as well. Yeah, yeah. Just post transfer, transfer window. They've never really been a club to bring, you know, bring in big players to change it, but depth, it's yeah, it's going to suffer big time. Yeah. We shall see. Right, let's move on to the draft. Mr. Sims, talk us through it and give us your Trivia question. Well, I made this with uh, Norberto in mind. So I was watching Raheem the other day and I was <laughs> reminiscing about... How every good Keen. idea starts. Yeah. <laughs> reminiscing about Keane's days and obviously he's known as a very tough player. Um, and I was thinking about, you know, those, you've had some proper hard nails in playing the Premier League. You know, the, even even the battles you started, so you had like the Vieira versus Keane. So you had the likes of... Um, even people like stupid people like Danny Mills and Stuart Pius. I mean, they're not really well known, but you know, they could handle themselves. Lee Bowie could handle himself. Yeah. You know, those type of players aren't really about these days. So it got me thinking: if I was going to have a fight, if I mean, if I, I need a bit of help with the terminology here because I, we tried putting it in the proper wording. So I think it's a four-way, four-way three-man tag team. Three-man tag team. Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell match. So, as so just four, to clarify this now, team so captains. four teams, one, yeah, it's like you said, us being captains of each team, and we get to pick two Premier League players to be on our, our team to go in a back of a Hell in a Cell. Who are you picking? Now, if you manage to keep up with that, well done. If not, I suggest you just skip the next part an hour. <laughs> so, basically... Pick who you want to be in a fight in a Hell in a Cell match with you. On your team. Not on your team, fight yeah. With. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, current we'll, Premier we'll League players. Current and they must be current Premier League, yes. Well, what's the trivia? The trivia this week. Seeing as we are talking about fighting, I've got a list of... There are 19 footballers in, the, who, in Premier League history who have had six red cards or more in the competition. You're going to name them. And obviously, as soon as someone's wrong, they're out. 
Okay, so he's known as six or more six or more red cards in Premier League history. Premier League history. I need to stress that. Okay, so we will start with um, Lucas Butter. I gotta get this wrong with the first one. <laughs> oh my god, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Jesus Christ. Um, Joey Barton, I'll go with. Correct, with six. Oh, Rob, we'll go with you. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. I know he's had two Merseyside red cards. I'm going to go Steam Gerrard. Correct, six. Uh, Duncan Ferguson. Correct, eight. Um, God. It's hard because the, my mind straight goes to players that were very good and got sent off because they were shit. Um, Lee Boyer. Incorrect. Uh, there we go. I wouldn't know what I think boys. That's what I'd say to you. Yeah. I'm going to go for the guy with the most appearances, Gareth Barry. Correct. Six. Lee Cartmel. Correct. Seven. Right. <laughs> um, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Richard, right? Uh, this is so hard. I, I'll just chuck a random name out there. Dow Louise. Incorrect. I mean, boys, I feel like you really... Oh, Burke, you've got to get this. Go on, yeah, Patrick Vieira, go on, Burke, keep going. Richard Dunn is more sneeze. Richard most. Dunn, eight. Vieira, eight. So you've got, um, you've got all three, Burke, that eight. Vinnie Jones? Vinnie Jones, correct. Dennis Wise? Dennis Wise, no. Incorrect. Um... Uh, yeah, there we go. I'll you call could him. have had Nemanja Vidic, John Terry, Paul Konczewski, Martin Keogh, John Hartson, Andrew Cole, Nicky Butt, Lewis Bormorte, Gareth Barry, Alan Smith, Roy Keane, which none of you said. And my personal favourite, who I never thought would be on this list, Eunice Kabul. <laughs> wow. Lovely. I thought, I thought it was a Roy Keane memorial. Yeah, I thought he was the like unspoken rule. Yeah. Oh, well, I reload it. So, Burke, you have to go first, then Rob, then Butts. All right, I'm so glad I'm first, actually, because I was worried this guy would be taken, to be fair. Um, so, like, when I was growing up, I was quite a big wrestling fan, but I'd always, like, prefer the kind of smaller, more slim guys going up against the seven-foot steroid abusing giants. So, like, the Ray Mysterios, I was a big Jeff Hardy fan. Shawn Michaels wasn't small, but he was slimmer than the people he was kind of going up against. Dead cool as well. Yeah, exactly. So those were the guys that stood out for me. Um, so I've gone in a similar vein with my first pick. Um, I want you all to know, by me having this guy, you are getting a few low blows against you. Like, that's the kind of guy this that he is. Um, the fact there's no disqualifications means you're also getting sledgehammer to the face. Um, <laughs> And he reminds me of, do you know the film Snatch? Brad Pitt's character, <laughs> uh, the Ben Apple fighter. Yeah. So I think he's got that in him. He's slight, but yeah, I've got to go him. So my first pick is my favourite Premier League striker. It's Rebecca Vardy's husband, Jamie Vardy. <laughs> nice. That's a solid yeah. pick. Yeah. I, like it. I feel like is Jamie Vardy trapped in a hell in a cell is a dangerous combo. Yeah. He walks in with his Red Bull and Snickers. Walking in. <laughs> yeah. Yes, let's go. <laughs> in a pair of Le Coxbottif joggers. <laughs> yeah. 
three quarters. Strong start. Right then. <laughs> start off my tag team. So I'm going to add the dynamic of uh, what in, in wrestling terms is called the hot tag. You know, it's the guy you tag in when you're on your knees and he's just going to come through and bulldoze everyone. So I'm going to get this guy in place and hopefully when it comes back to my next pick, his partner in crime will be there ready. Who knows? But here we go. We're in the hell in a cell, okay? You know, the, the stadium, the arena's sold out 20,000. It's the headline of the pay-per-view, okay? And Bowen is walking down to the ring. He's going to wait for the edge of the ring because his partner's going to come out as well. Who's the first partner, you may ask? I got. I, I need an enforcer. I need a big guy. Scary. Rumor has it he's got, you know, he's got um, connections to the Colombian drug trade. He may have known Pablo Escobar. Who knows? But he currently plays in Merseyside. That's all I know is I'm bringing Big Yeri Mina to the ring with me. What are you, bit? <laughs> I've had stupid bad. Do you take him? Some strong, <laughs> strong Bobby Lashley for all the WWE fans. Vibes of that, Rob. Hey, he just became champion. I like it. I mean, how do I follow up with that? I'm not even a wrestling fan. I don't particularly care. Um, <laughs> my explanation is going to be nowhere near as detailed. Um, I had a rack around in my brain, and this guy jumped out. For me, somebody who doesn't really watch wrestling, but he looks like a wrestler already. He's got the look. He's got the hair. He wears a little wristband on both his wrists. He just looks the part. And I'm going for the Turkish tornado, Kagla Seonchu. He looks ready-made to get into that ring. I just cause absolute hell. You don't see much emotion on his face, which I like. So I'm going to back him to be my first pick. I say uh, the great Kali vibes of that one. I like it. I'll accept that. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to paint you a picture, just like Robbers. So I think a hell in a cell, it all kicks off. It, like Burke said, there's, there's, there's no rules, okay? So that's when you need somebody who's just calm. You need a guy who'll come in and just take care of business. I always think of the bigger, the bigger blokes in the WWE. They always used to just basically hammer hell at everyone. And then if they were to lose, it was just because it was someone else's fault. Now, this guy is the calmest player in the Premier League. He's a giant of a man. I'm going to feel safe with him. And that's the main thing. He's going to look after me. He already covers half a team, so he can definitely cover me. He can take anyone physically in the, wherever you pick. He can do it. He's also no slouch because I don't want just some steroid-filled juice said. Okay, I want somebody who can move a bit. If he needs to climb the hell in a cell, he can do that. If he needs to go through the hell in a cell, he can do that. If he needs to go for top rope, he can do that. But most importantly, he can do it all while looking good. And that guy, the guy who's by my side. Is Virgil Van Dyke? <laughs> You've said that before. Now, that he makes you feel safe. I always feel safe for Big Virgil. <laughs> and I mean, I, this brings me on to my next pick. And the reason I put him first is because, as Rob said, I've already thought. I've thought about this. Okay, this isn't just something I plucked out there. I've gone down to the ring. I've done my little chat on the mic. I brought Virgil down. And now everyone's there, and I'm like, you know, like Triple H used to do, Rob, where he just, like stands there and he spits the water up. And it's like a little moment where you're like, oh, what's going to happen next? Next thing, the lights go out. And it's the edge music. You think you know me. <laughs> and it's like, honestly, it's like everyone's on it. The, the arena, the lights have gone on. The arena's bouncing. 
all of a sudden, me and Virg are walking into the ring. Jim Ross turns around. He's like, is, is it him? Is it him? And all of a sudden, out comes the fastest player in the Premier League with the biggest biceps I've ever seen, filled with baby lotion, Adama Traore. <laughs> and he's going to run through, slide into the ring. Adama's on the top row, picking the fans. Big Virg is standing there next to me. And we're ready to take on everyone. And if he needs to, and the thing is, this is the important thing, because he's so fast, Adama, he's so strong, he can either climb up and get out that way, or, it's all good, big verge, he'll go on his shoulders, and then he'll chuck him on to someone. And it's, <laughs> not for me, it's the perfect tag team. Pace, composure, everything you need in a tag team. I've seen Jamie Vardy get the better verge. Uh... <laughs> Fair play. Outstanding. Outstanding. Back to you, Bats. Um, thankfully, I got a lot of picks left. Um, right, I'm going to go for somebody who I could imagine, if he wasn't a footballer, would probably be the head of an ultra gang somewhere in Eastern Europe, just planning out these weekends. Right, we're going to batter this week. Right, Tony, you're going to batter that guy. John, you're going to batter that guy. I can just imagine him heading up a gang like that. And this is going to be the Serbian slayer, Alexander Mitrovic. The guy plays like an ultra on the pitch anyway. So I've got, similar to Sims, I've got Sion who is calm, looks strong. And then you've got Mitrovic, who's just an absolute psycho. Probably chew his way out of the ring and chew somebody else with him on the way up. <laughs> so Alexander Mitrovic is in my team. Do you know my big takeaway from that was there, but... Go on. That there's a Serbian mafia <laughs> yeah. that includes Tony and John in it. Yeah. <laughs> we live in a multicultural world. I'm all for it. I like it. Not a bit, though. Right then, to complete my trio, myself, Yeri Mina. And when I was thinking of this player, I mean, I had to get like a nice, a nice teammate for Yeri Mina and myself. But, you know, as, as a trio... We're, we're going to be a heel team. We're going to be bad guys. And I was thinking, what does a bad guy need? they got an enforcer. Me is the tactician, because, I mean, look at me. But then we need someone to be deceptive. And you know what I was thinking? I was thinking Eddie Guerrero vibes. I want someone to try and deceive the referee or just, you know, do as much as he can to cheat to win. And there was no better partner than me. And the crybaby, the baby face himself, James Rodriguez. What a dynamic. I, I mean, if, it, if, it, if he wasn't pro footballer, he would have been a Lucha Libre wrestler. Okay, He would have been a... Ma- the smallest touch. You don't want that. Hey, he's not there no, to no, fight. No, no, no. He's, he's there to deceive the referee. Referee, no, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. But when gives him a sledgehammer, boosh. Brass knuckles out of nowhere. Exactly, exactly. The chain, you know, the classic, you know, throws the chair at the guy and falls over. He hit me, hit me. That's what I want. So we've got Yerimina, James Rodriguez, and Rob Owen. I mean, those tag titles are ours. Very injury-prone team you've got there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're, we're on the shelf nine months of the year, but what, what are three months? <laughs> um, spy, spy, I, I don't think I'd, fan, I'd, I'd fancy taking Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know when you are like that? Pad, the I'll I'll pad, the have, style, yeah, and you're fighting cheap people out who you are taking. <laughs> we're all fighting at Hammers Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bridge, bridge. I got him. I got him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, right. So 
I think you'd all agree that so far with my team, with me and Jamie Vardy, got two very nimble, mobile movers. <laughs> so, like, as it stands, all about the pace, the movement, speed of thought, acceleration, to manoeuvre. So, I, with my next pick, I've just gone for power, presence. And, yeah, it may not be as good a de- defender as Verge, but I think he'd take Verge in a one-on-one scrap. And I think he'd take any of the players you've got. Um, also got the like chemistry vibes with Vardy plays with him. Uh, been with him a while. Um, he'd throw you all around like ragdoll. He's got the experience and the build. I'm going for Captain Wesley Morgan. I don't think anyone is overpowering him. So me, Vardy, Morgan, bring it. Big I feel like I didn't get a memo. We've got an Everton team, a Leicester team, and I mean things are somewhere in the middle. So, I don't know the odd one out there. Just to go through the teams, we'll have a recap. So, we've got Sims with Adama and Virgil. I feel there is a mixture of pace, power, composure, and Sims. <laughs> um, but with Sunshu and Mitrovich, pace, there's no pace in our team. So. <laughs> Always wins. Rob, Yermin and Hamas Rodriguez. I'm here for the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and then myself with Vardy and Wes Morgan. Happy there. And then uh, Rob, do you say you had a manager for your team as well? Yeah, I mean, every, every heel team needs a heel manager. And there's no better heel manager than Jose Mourinho for me. I mean, the ultimate bad guy. You know, his music hits, the crowd is booing. The signs are saying, Jose sucks. That's what I want, okay? That's, 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 the, that's the kind of dynamics I'm going for. I want to be hated in the WWE. He would fit very well in WWE, because he's not going to get hit, is he? Minimal he's contact. a character. He's, he's there, the running yeah. interference. Perfect. Could see, could see that, yeah. Any other honourable mentions? You know what? I, I went all in on my two. Uh, there was never anyone anywhere else giving in consideration. I had Daniel Amati as a Wes Morgan backer if someone picked Wes Morgan. <laughs> you picked him! <laughs> I'm seeing the size of it. Good lord. Uh, I, I did have Trent and Robo, but my, my, my thing was they were going to be, I was going to be, you know, we were going to be a good tag team, and then I turn on them, and, or I make them turn heel. You know, it was going to be that dynamic, but I felt more comfortable just being the bad guys from the start with the, the two Everton players. I can agree with Robbo because he's a bit of a shit house. And he has a bit of oh, a yes, and so is Trent. So, so is Trent. They, yeah. they, they, they love, they love getting in uh, people's faces. Yeah. What would have been a quite a cool one? Phil Ford and Curtis Jones, just the new kids in the block, like. <laughs> They they are getting thrown like a dog's throw, thrown around like a dog's tight. Yeah, it. I didn't pick them because I felt it was too early in their in their careers to be in a hell in a cell match. So, I mean, like, <laughs> like 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 the name suggests, you are stuck in that cell and it is hell. What's the I, right age? Do you know what I mean? I, I think late late twenties. Yeah, I I do think this is the kind of one where where's Morgan? He is he is perfectly at home in that cell. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's gonna make. He, like, not, you know, in like an elimination chamber, as they start and they're yeah. in the actual cage and in the pods. Yeah, yeah, the pods. Where's Morgan? He's sitting there and he just eyes closed, just doing <laughs> yeah. his breathing. All hell's breaking loose around him. And next thing, the door opens and he's just standing up and walking out. I'm not into much movement. That's tactic. That's what he's got me in Vardy for. Where's movement? 
I want Rez <laughs> in the middle of that ring, just chucking people into the cage whenever he wants. And me and Vardy just swarming around them, protecting. Well, Tactics. Next week, boys, we're going to do finishers. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. That concludes my uh, draft. Brilliant. Brilliant draft. Right. we got some time to do a mystery question. So it's my turn this week. And I'm glad it's me because this is coming from a Spurs point of view. So I am intrigued to hear a neutral viewpoint. So simply my question is, should Harry Kane stay at Tottenham if things continue the way they're going? No. no. Um, I think it's going to be a full house. No for me. I agree. <laughs> what are I your thoughts, Buds? I mean, I think I've said this before. I would be gutted if he left, but I wouldn't be angry at him going. If he went to like a Man City or United, then I'd probably be annoyed. But if he went to Europe to chase trophies, I probably wouldn't have an issue with it because he deserves to win trophies. He is by far one of the best strikers in the world, if not the best. And his goals, they just speak for themselves. And yeah, he's the type of guy, I don't, I don't want him looking back at his career going, oh, you know, I've won one League Cup, let's say this season, or Europa League or whatever. Because he should be winning multiple trophies. The Premier League's Champions League's that's the type of caliber player he is. So yeah, obviously I hope he stays. I hope he wins stuff with us. But if he wants to go to Bayern, PSG, Madrid, whatever, I wouldn't be uh, too egregious with him. I definitely fall into the trap though. I always find it difficult seeing English players going abroad. It's just not something I see that like I don't I can't picture it. So then I look at Harry Kane and I think I don't picture him ever at Barcelona. And I mean, quite frankly, they can't afford him now anyway. So oh. with everything's going on. I look at PSG, I don't see him there. I don't see him at Bayern Munich because it just doesn't fit what they do in yeah. terms of their model. They never spend big, so I don't see why they would know. Like, on a player like that Madrid age. Madrid is the only yeah. foreign team. And, and then after that, well. I think, if it's not Madrid, then it only leaves, in my opinion, it only leaves the two Manchester clubs because... Man United because they can afford it. But then I'd be like, well, you know, if you're going from Spurs to Man U at the moment, are Man U any closer to win the Premier League? I don't think they are, personally. I yeah. think they are. I like, would say I, with I, Kane I, in that team. I personally, I, I still don't see it. So then you left You'll have a Roy Keane red nap debate now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then for me, then you just left them as it did. Do you know what I mean? They, they wouldn't. I think. They wouldn't be able to afford him, I don't think. As, as crazy as that sounds, because I don't think... Oh, sorry, they could afford him, but they wouldn't be willing to spend 100, 100 plus mil because Daniel Levy will add at least 20 million on top if it's a Premier League club coming across. Well. Okay. well, yeah, exactly. It's a central rival, but... Yeah. There's not, there's not many suitors. As a, like... I know you said you, you'd probably be annoyed if he went to a British club. Like, to be fair, I think... He's been there long enough that he can go anywhere. Like, I think two, three years ago, I think the point is fair enough to go abroad. But I think now he's 27, 27 28. He's 27. I don't, yeah, I don't think somewhere. he's, I don't think he's got the, like, time to go, oh, well, Real Madrid haven't come in for me this year. I'll wait till next mm-hmm. year. If it comes to summer and Man U are the only team in firm, I think he would go to Man U. 
Yeah. Potentially, yeah. Uh, Potentially. How long's left of his contract? Not sure. I, I think he's got a couple, good few years left, I think. Maybe yeah. two or three. So are we saying that going to Man United and all against Oscar, he's got a fair chance of winning a league title? He's got I, more of a chance. I more of a chance, but yeah, yeah I, I can't. I, I don't think it's it'll, the team will be good enough. Yeah. So like, it's, it's like the chances minutely, really. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, where's the even point doing it then? That's what I. If I was his agent, I'd be like, look, man, you know, if you if you go to like Man City, yeah. fair enough. But then again, you know, it's like, you know, isn't he from he's from London, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. How much more Arsenal money are Man United actually going to offer him? Like, realistically, how much more are Man United actually... Because if he came down the money, I'm pretty sure Spurs would stump up. If he was like, look, the Man United are going to give me 300 grand a week. Like, I can't yeah. see Spurs going, oh, yeah, well, there are, then you go in. I, I don't see Levy doing that. So then, I'm just like, well, you know, like I, I just don't see Man United as being a title contender. And, like, not even, like, for the next... Not this year, for the next couple of years. They're just not there. I, I think it's easy to say that, but like we saw firsthand what one player can do. I think if that one player is a guy who's coming in guaranteeing you 25 goals, then that is... But then goals on an issue for Man U. Do you get me? Um, that's I, not, that's not, that's not holding them I'd back. Say, I'd say it is. I'd say it's a big it issue for them. It is the big games. Yeah, I'd say... That, yeah, I'd, I'd say a goal shown striker, like that number nine who is scoring 25 league goals. I think that's going to trail them. And as it stands, they are second. So that next step, yeah. you would say it's a league title. Man City have a season where of transition in two, three years' time. Kane's there scoring 25 goals. I think that is an opportunity that I can't see Spurs having a squad capable of taking advantage. I have, I would say Man U have. Man U squad is better than Spurs. Yeah. There, there's the keen point. But it's like... <laughs> How much better is it? That much better? No, not really. For me, Man United have actually overachieved this year. Like I don't see them. Like even the start of the year, you think of how many soft decisions went their way, and all of a sudden they started drying up those. When we talk about like yeah, goal scorer up front, but they're the top goal scorers in the league as as a team. So it's like their problems are always going to be the same. It's like this thing we spoke about with Arsenal. It's like for as much positivity as around them, (laughs) until they sort the defence out. Yeah. Then are they, you know, are they a title contender? Because my argument is, if you are going to leave Spurs, make sure you leave to actually win something. Not like you don't be, you don't want to be a person. And I get the idea that one player can change it, but like for me, one player will change if Man United is if they got an unbelievable centre back in. Yeah, but then what's yeah that, okay? But with Spurs, I say Spurs are about four, five unbelievable players away. Oh yeah, but that, yeah, but my, that's my point. It's like if you are going to leave. Then you go to go to Man City. You were gonna yeah. You you challenge. make it so it's like an like it's an act. It's a clear step up. And like, oh yeah, it's not like both. It's not the, both the pro, It's not like the idea of winning trophies. It's the promise of it. Yeah. yeah no, if both come in, go to Man City because you guaranteed it. But I'm saying if this summer Man U were the only team coming, I'm telling Kane go because Man U might win a title. Spurs are not. Yeah. The only thing I'd say if he went to United. Himself, he could think, well, Man U have got the money to spend on a centre-back. But then again, they, they really need two centre-backs and probably a goalkeeper because the hay is gone. I, say, I don't know. I, Dean I, Henderson, you don't know. I mean, yeah, he needs I would argue, like, obviously, like, the, the, the impact Verge had on Liverpool and we had two good full-backs as well. 
I kind of rate Wan-Bissaka defensively and Luke Shaw. Is he a Premier League season. winner right back? Was yeah, Trent a Premier League winner yeah, right back? Yeah, but my point is as well, on top of this, you've got to, you've, not only have you got to win the league, but you've got to win the league off Man United, uh, off Man City and off Liverpool. So, like, yeah. it's that idea of you you need to be better than them. It's not just, it's not like, I, I know it sounds really simplistic, but your team can't just be a very good team. It needs to be good enough to go and get 90 points plus. Yeah, yeah but by having Kane, you're already beating them in the striking department. That's done. Like, so you've already got a one-up on them. Fair enough, squad-wise, they are better, but you are immediately winning the battle. Like, you've got points on the board by having Harry Kane on your team. Yeah, but the problem is, if Manu buy Kane, they ain't buying anyone else. Well, they're not buying... They may buy other players, but not to the quality that they need. Because they will have to pay the most out of any club in the world to go to, for take Kane from Spurs. They'd have to pay at least I, 120, 150. Yeah. Daniel, I don't know. We've Daniel said that for years. We said that when they had years, out, years outside Europe about Man U or it's going to catch up with them. It doesn't. They get money. They are the richest club in the world. They're the most attractive club in the world financially, like from fans and everything. Money is, is not and will never be an issue for Man U. Yeah, but that, this is why they're not going to spend 350 million in one window. Which, with the needs of their yeah. team, they they need a striker. So let's say you buy Harry Kane, that's 120, 150. You need a centre-back. Inflated price, they're going to have to pay at least 70, 80, 90 million for a centre-back. I just, I that, immediately That's if you need you. one. That's if you need one, let alone two. Goalkeeper, jury still out on both of them. So, I don't know. I'm not saying it's, I don't think, it, I think just getting Harry Kane in one win, because it's not like you sign Harry Kane in the summer and go, right, we've got to win the league this year. No, you've got Harry Kane scoring 25 goals for four or five years. Like, that's one major piece of the puzzle done. Like, then you can maybe go 20 mil centre-back. It might work out. It might not. And then you go, right, next summer, where you are getting the centre-back. Because attack, we are we do not have to touch. Because we are getting goals. I it's all about the spine. You've got Kane, Bruno, centre-back in, and they are there. We'll, They've got the spike we'll see. Hopefully he never leaves and Spurs win the league and it's fine. I can't wait to it's see him. It's unlikely, leave. but we'll see. We dream. And on that note. Yeah, exactly. Right. Pleasure as usual, guys. Speak to you next week. All best. Dabo. Adios. <laughs>